Cats this week. Hey everyone, welcome to Tie Cats this week. I'm RJ Bridehead. He is Luke Tasker, and we're looking forward to the Stampeders getting to Tim Hortons Field. Seven o'clock Eastern Time will be kickoff, and we're looking forward to calling that game because these are two teams that probably aren't where they thought they would be when this season began. The Tiger Cats at two and three have not beat a West Division team this year, and Calgary surprisingly at two and four. They are coming off a win on the road against Edmonton, so we'll see if they're riding a little bit of momentum, but we know that Tim Hortons Field is a tough place for visitors, and Luke, it really stood out to me this past two games. Labor Day, Tiger Cats were so great at home, Tim Hortons Field against the Argonauts, and I remember most of the Tiger Cats Audio Network staff, you and I included, walking out of there thinking, okay, it looks like Tiger Cats have figured things out. Now they're going to roll and steamroll some teams yeah. and really put some wins together. And then four days later, they go to Toronto and they seem like a, a different team. And credit to the Argonauts, they were better in that game as well. But that really stood out to me is how dominant the Tiger Cats are at home because the same opponent, few days apart, and they looked so different. And I asked Coach O about it and, you know, there's really not an answer, I guess, but he did say that the fans and, and you've experienced it at Tim Hortons Field just must be a, a different mindset for the team. And, and are the fans that important? Yeah, I think that they are. And, and it's a home game is a lot of things. You know, you get the fans, you also get to just do things in your regular routine, right? You come into the stadium just like you do for practice and you get ready in your own hot tubs in your own training room and you know your own locker of course and there's a level of just uh comfort there and there's a there is a mojo you get in your home stadium in 2014 when we were the Ticats were struggling to fight to get things together and we had the Labor Day Classic was the first game in Tim Hortons Field and then then the home games the wins at home started compiling and it just got this feeling like we're not we don't lose at home obviously in 2019 the the home schedule was perfect um it, it, it you do get you know winning is a habit it's a pattern and when when you're in the stadium that you love and fans that you love it can get it can kind of compound and, and become almost easier as you uh as you go along and you said it well though in toronto it, it wasn't just that it you got to give credit to the argonauts they did because it, in, in the labor day classic at tim hortons field they made some costly errors that they made some especially turnovers and penalties. They really, really hurt themselves. And they cleaned up some of that uh, at their own state, at BMO Field um, a few days later. And so it's a wildly complex game, right? There are so many factors involved, but hard to say that, you know, I think even statistically it's significant, the winning uh, percentage for the Ticats at home. So uh, excited to see what this Friday holds because for my career, this is, I don't know if we saw Calgary with a start with a record to the beginning of their season like we see them now. So they're different than they've been. The Ticats, you know, Coach O keeps reminding me, this isn't the 2019 Ticats. This is a different Ticats team that, that has to find their own way to the Grey Cup. Calgary's probably having saying a lot of the similar things. Uh, and so it's two teams trying to, you know, still scrapping and clawing. So it'll be a really good matchup, I think, on Friday. Yeah, it is surprising because both of these teams have been uh, powerhouses for, for a while and expected to be really good. And there's still a lot of season left, 14-game season, maybe not a ton of season, but 
now that you're a media guy, you got to look at things like the next five games for the Tiger Cats. And this is kind of, to me, where they're going to determine where they finish. So the next five games, four of them are at home, including Calgary on Friday. And the one road game is in Ottawa. And Ottawa is struggling this year. So if you're a contending team that thinks you have a chance at winning a great cup like the Tiger Cats, those are games you have to win. So these next five games, I know – Players and coaches and teams don't want to look too far ahead. We can do that as media. Do you see these next five games as a, as a real chance for the Tiger Cats to solidify themselves and find their identity and get on that role that we've been waiting for? First of all, yes, well said. Now that I've crossed <laughs> crossed the booth, I can I can just do whatever I can do whatever I want now. That's that, right. I can hypothesize and think about uh, think about these things. <laughs> Yeah, because as a player, five games away is that might as well be twenty years away. There's just so many things to happen before then. But you know, yeah, if you if you take a take a look now through into what is December this year for the Grey Cup, these next five, we'll put it this way: there will there will be some teams who solidify their their fate in the next five weeks. To be honest, I always found there was a handful of years only that I played where that happened and where the last couple of games didn't matter. Very often, you know, you're fighting for everything still on the table late in the season. And so you set yourself up over these next five weeks, and then there will be a handful of teams who realize, wow, we're going to be in that position where we, if we win out the last three games of the season, we're set. If we, you know, we got to win two, and this team has to lose their one of their two, you know, you start to get these interesting scenarios. But the Ticats have some work to do still. Um, this stretch of home games, I think you're right. You know, you get to the end of the season and you look back and you say that's where they sort of solidified uh, uh, what was going to happen to them this year. And of course, the reality is that could go good or bad. Um, the most one of my favorite CF one of my favorite stories of my career was the 2014, the last game of the season. And the scenario was this for the Ticats. If we lose, we're out of the playoffs. If we win by less than eight, we're into the playoffs in second place. And if we win by more than eight, we're in first place and get a bye week. And that was after 18 games, all of that was still on the table. And we ended up beating Montreal to then get – oh, by more than eight, to then get the bye week, to then play Montreal at home for the Eastern Final. It's like, <laughs> what? Like, what an incredible – like what an incredible uh, story there. And it's like just a really cool thing that can happen at the end of the season when you have four, four teams in your uh, division. So we'll see how it shakes down, but for, but this stretch of road games as a player, you go like, Oh my gosh, finally. And all you gotta do is travel to Mont to Ottawa. You know, you're, I mean, you're probably going to take a train out to Ottawa, which is, you know, take a beautiful ride out through, uh, you know, Ontario and into, into Ottawa there. And then, and then, you know, you get to just be at home for all these weeks. So we'll see. Great, great opportunity for the Ticats. Absolutely. And Calgary's their only West Division opponent. They've got Ottawa home and away in that stretch, Montreal and Toronto as well. So playing uh, predominantly East Division opponents. So this will be one game at a time. And that's, of course, Calgary on Friday. But uh, just looking ahead, it is a, an important part of the schedule for the Tiger Cats. We all know they had a tough schedule to begin the year, starting in Winnipeg and Saskatchewan. So I want to ask you, Luke, do you want the good news or the interesting news? I'm not going to say bad news. We're going to call Ooh. it interesting news. What do In you want In that first? case, give me the good news and we'll start and we'll end with the interesting. 
All right. It looks like the starting 12 on defense, that's the A-plus group, the, the number one group, looks like they'll be back for Friday's game. Siontae Evans will be back at halfback, so Frankie can move over to cornerback. So that defense, you look at what they've done, Luke, and they've held opponents to under 20 points in four of the five games. So they've definitely done their job. Yeah, I think you can say that. They've been impressive in a lot of ways. There's been some moments where they've struggled with the run defense for sure, and, and some opponents specifically. Um, you know, that said, we kind of expected a, 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 a much more a much stronger run game from Montreal, and that was one of the Ticats' defense, uh, you know, best games so far this season. Um, but there is a lot, a lot of, of outstanding players, especially in the defensive secondary, and then the front four as well. And I don't know. I mean, I said it going into Toronto. I just don't I, – I, hard, hard to imagine what a team is planning to do against these guys. That said, Toronto did, was, did, was able to string a couple successful drives together. Um, Sianti Evans back, and like you said, the true – you know, the, the 12 that were meant to be there are, are, are healthy and back in, and I'm very excited to watch that group again. So the interesting news now? Go for it. <laughs> Well, it's, you know, poor Coach O, he's probably wishing for those training camp questions of, is it going to be 1A quarterback or 1B quarterback oh and gosh. Dane Evans or Jeremiah Masoli? Now we're on to number three because Dane Evans is out. Jeremiah Masoli looks like he'll back up but won't start. So it's David Watford in a quarterback. And it's, it's an opportunity for him to step up, and that's what sports is all about. But you look at Brandon Banks, most outstanding player, Number one receiver when he's healthy, he won't play. Sean Thomas Erlington has been limited at practice. So how uh, effective uh, and how much will he play in the game coming up? And you'd have to think a young quarterback, the running game would be fairly important. So, you know, maybe Jackson Bennett and Malik Irons have an opportunity. But for David Watford, you, you played with him in 2019. Uh, it's a tough situation to come in. Uh, Tiger Cats need to win this game. What are his strengths, and how do you foresee the, the game going with, with David Watford in there at quarterback? Yeah, he's got a great approach to the game, and he has a very strong arm objectively. Um, the tough thing, I think, for Watford, you know, you've got, I, I think Jalen Acklin is the longest tenured tie cat in the wide receiver group, which yep. is mind-blowing. I mean, you know, I was with Jalen in 2019, and he is, he's a, I, I really – Really, really like the way that Acklin approaches the game. He is very smart, wants to be great, really, really wants to win, and that's awesome. But he's got one year of experience. It's a very strange thing for a CFL lineup to look like that. Um, I think that the, this receiver group, I use this phrase in the Coach O show uh, this week, you gotta have you got to have an attitude and a physical demeanor of being quarterback friendly, especially with a young quarterback. Like you got to make him feel real good about what he's seeing out there and it kind of the best way I can describe it is you run a classic you're in the boundary and you run a classic sort of seam that did you turn that into a dig and you're wrapping the will linebacker that body language of just having your chest and your eyes and you're ready to go where he just feels so confident uh, that you're in the right spot and you're kind of convincing each other that you're on the same page as the game goes along and it's hard yet with with young guys who don't have a ton of experience with a quarterback without much playing time, I think that part of this comes to what comes down to Tommy Condell and his 
decision making, not just in the game, but in in decision making into how much is appropriate to be available to that to the play call that that game. So, uh, are they going to have three layers of wristbands for David Watford? I don't know. I I think that you have some plays where the decision making is limited, where some things that are just tagged, where the concepts can kind of be simplified, where each receiver just is almost told what to do in the huddle, as opposed to uh, over, overly memorizing uh, uh, complex schemes. I think there are things, sometimes we had, we had plays just where it was all five receivers, five hitches, and they, and you just pick pretty much pre-snap, which guy is, which guy, uh, which guy's matchup looks the cleanest. Some things that can just simplify the decision making for a young quarterback. Um, I, I think certainly if uh, an increase in some quick game where where Watford can get the ball three step in the in uh, from the shotgun and and has his options sitting right there. And if it's not there, he runs. You know, so uh, I think they're good. I expect to see some of that simplified passing offense. And simple is not bad. You know, simple is not that doesn't that's not the opposite of good it, it means it means a little bit easier mentally so that physically you can really be great so we'll see what it looks like that said david watford has been in the system throughout, throughout 2019 uh obviously missed some time in the interim there during uh, during preparing for this season but he's been around the offensive scheme and so would also be you know i'm not going to be surprised if they if they uh don't stray far from, from what, uh, what they've been, but uh, you got to kind of that first quarter, I'm hoping that they figure out a few things that work for the young quarterback. And just finally, Luke, uh, under the lights, Tim Hortons field, first game under the lights at Tim Hortons field for some receivers, yeah. Stephen Dunbar, Tim White, Pappy White, all ready to, to start at receiver. You played that position. Uh, any nuances at Tim Hortons Field under the lights that we can watch for on Friday? Yeah, you know, every stadium, ha you, you have that angle where the lights come into play, the stadium lights. But if it's not nighttime with the lights, then it's the daytime and the sun does the same thing. So that's just football. There's going to be some of those strange angles. I don't, I don't, I can remember times where players had struggled. I can remember some drops that, that we had as a room with the, with the lights. And I can remember times where it was hard for myself as well. Uh, I don't really think that Tim Hortons Field has anything particularly worse about that than other stadiums. It's just something you have to think about everywhere you play. Certainly a great environment football-wise with the fans there and uh, uh, just a great, you know, just a Hamilton is so – has just such a great CFL presence there. Like the, like I can, I'm just picturing the scoring, our scoring touchdowns in the, at the night and the fans. And I remember throwing a ball to my brother in the stands after a touchdown <laughs> one time ball that he still has. And uh, you know, it, it's just going to be a very, very exciting environment. And I'm hoping that we get to see and call a, a great game. That would, that would be uh, the most fun. Exactly. Looking forward to the fans, looking forward to the first night game at Tim Hortons Field, so it should be fantastic. Nice job, Luke. We'll look forward to Friday, 7 o'clock Eastern time, calling the game. Can't wait. I'll see you there, RJ. I'm looking forward to a great one. All right, that's Ticats this week. Uh, the pregame with uh, Andy Fantuz and Louis B. will be at 6 o'clock Eastern time. Ticats. That's pregame and then kickoff at 7 o'clock Eastern time. Myself and Luke will call the game. The Hamilton Tiger Cats trying to continue that great 
home play against the Calgary Stampeders at 7 o'clock Eastern time. If you get to the game, that'll be great. If you can't, hope you listen.